0: Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holderidge. How is everybody doing on this Monday? Had such a great weekend, and we have got a jam packed show talking about sports. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE, 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia, now from 2 to 3, Monday through Friday. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. On the show today, going to recap the NFL, looking at the playoff picture, Brock Purdy. Beats Tom Brady. He's the first rookie quarterback to do such a thing. And the Atlanta Hawks, buzzer beater over the Chicago Bulls by rookie A.J. Griffin. And Morocco, the first African club to make it to the semifinals. History has been made at the World Cup. I am so excited about the show. I will not have a guest. And my co-host, Corey Bank, will not be on the show today. He will be on the show tomorrow, and he'll also join me for the live show at Ivy Park. I'm so excited about this show because I get to do what I love doing, and that's talking about sports, and I have a platform where I could do it on the radio five days a week. And so I had a very successful show on Friday. It was my high school football state championship show and high school basketball. Before we actually deep dive into the NFL and World Cup, I do want to briefly talk about the high school football championships in Georgia because I watch them on uh, PBS. And Matt Stewart did a great job, John Nelson, and Hannah Goodwin did a great job with the pregame And it was fun. I enjoyed watching those games. I'm going to go ahead and break down all the games because, you know, like I mentioned on the show Friday, you had Bowden beating Schley County, and then you had Prince Avenue Christian beating Swainsboro in the 1A Division II and 1A Division I state championships on Thursday. Then on Friday at noon, Fitzgerald was trying to repeat, and they lose to Thompson. And then – Cedartown loses to Benedictine on a goal-line stand. And by the way, at Center Park Stadium, it was pouring down rain. It would have been nice to to move that to Mercedes-Benz. I mean, nothing was going on. But it's kind of unfair for these players to actually play in such poor weather conditions when they get all the way to the state championship. But Benedictine stops Cedartown on the goal line. And Benedictine is back-to-back state champions for four A. In six A, Langston Hughes, which had just an incredible perfect season. They beat Gainesville. And then on this on Saturday, this is where it got interesting. I want to talk a little bit about the Sandy Creek Cedar Grove game. Sandy Creek defeated Cedar Grove 21 to 17, but that was not the story. In fact, the story is national headline news. Sandy Creek apparently got into the end zone, but it was clear that it was not over the goal line. And the refs got the call wrong. And Sandy Creek wins a state championship. But it was a very controversial call. And look, I'm happy for Sandy Creek that they won the state championship. I just don't like the way it was done. And because the Georgia High School Association does not have instant replay, look, when we were watching it on TV, it looked like The momentum from the other players, they might have gotten the ball and went over the end zone just based on the movement of the players at the goal line. But they showed different angles, and the ball clearly did not go over the goal line. But Sandy Creek does win a state championship. I'm happy for the city of Tyrone, happy for the community. But it did end in controversy, and they need to look into that. Maybe bring instant replay to uh, the Georgia High School Association. All right, the 5A state championship was Ware County, as they were all over Warner Robins, denying Warner Robins a three-peat. And then Carrollton taking on Mill Creek, the highest-scoring state championship in Georgia high school history. Mill Creek put up 70 on Carrollton, and uh, they get their state championship, so... High school football season is officially over. Yeah, I'm a little sad about that. But we move on to high school basketball. And we had some great games over the weekend. I'm going to get into all the action that happened over the weekend and this week. Previewing on my high school basketball show that will air this Friday night here on the station. Friday was such a busy day for sports and I couldn't get all of it on the show but it started with the World Cup Friday had two of the most amazing World Cup matches Croatia denying Brazil a chance to get to the semifinals. Croatia wins it on penalty kicks but both goals were scored after the 100th minute Neymar with a great move that extra touch he puts it in the back of the net and Brazil's up one nothing And then Bruno Petovic scores in the 117th minute. It was just high drama. And it went to penalty kicks. And Brazil loses when the penalty kick attempt hit the post. And Brazil was stunned in this World Cup. Brazil has not won a World Cup since 2002. And they are denied once again. And then following that game, the Netherlands and Argentina, another... Great game that had Denzel Dumfries score in the 120th minute. Netherlands was down a man. It went 2-2, and Argentina was able to win on penalty kicks. So if you're a World Cup fan, Friday was just as good as it gets. Then on Saturday, this was the marquee matchup. This was the game that I wanted to see. France and England. France took the 1-0 lead. Harry Kane got a goal to tie it up. Oliver Girard, in the 78th minute, gets the goal to make it 2-1, and Harry Kane has a chance to tie it with a penalty kick, and he misses. Oh, that's going to haunt him for the rest of his World Cup career, and then England had another chance on a free kick that went uh, over the crossbar, and France was able to win, and I've said all along on this show that France could go back-to-back, back-to-back World Cups. They won it in 2018, and they have... The best young star in the World Cup, Mbappe. He is just amazing. He's only 23 years old. He's already got nine World Cup goals. Just incredible. And then, probably the biggest upset I've ever seen Morocco beating Portugal 1 to nothing to become the first African team to reach the World Cup semifinals. Such an incredible Cinderella story. You know, we always talk about March Madness. How St. Peter went to the Elite Eight this year. 2006, George Mason made it to the Final Four. Can Morocco, this club that's not very well ranked in FIFA, can they win a World Cup? I asked that question when George Mason went to the Final Four in 2006. I've asked that question when VCU went to the Final Four. This is a Cinderella story that is just going to be just incredible to watch And when I look at the semifinals, I'm going to watch both games. This is incredible. Argentina, they trying to send Lionel Messi off with a World Cup championship. They got close. They went to the championship in 2014, but they have not won a World Cup since the Diego Maradona years in 1986. They are taking on the runners-up from 2018 Croatia. And then on Wednesday, France, the favorites now. I think France should be the odds-on favorites now to win the World Cup, taking on the Cinderella story, Morocco. It's just incredible. I love the World Cup. Glad that I was able to be a part of it. And I'm glad I'm able to talk about it on the Ivy Show as well. As as many of you know, being the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids, I wasn't always a soccer guy. When I mean soccer guy, somebody that lives, eats, breathes soccer. I love soccer as many of the sports that I love, football, basketball, baseball. Soccer is one of them. And so I am intrigued by soccer. And I'm getting there. I'm trying to eat, live, breathe in soccer. The next step is just to turn on the TV at 5 in the morning and watch Premier League and Bundesliga. and and I I probably got to get that going. But I'm a huge fan of the MLS. And, you know, the soccer purists as well. The, The MLS is not even the 10th best club league in the world. And so with that being said. All right, let's move on to the National Football League. Because, you know, the Falcons had a bye. They're taking on the Saints next week. They have named Desmond Ritter the starter. And with the Buccaneers losing to the 49ers, the Falcons are only one game back. They're actually tied with the Carolina Panthers because the Panthers were able to get the win over the Seahawks. And so I'm actually going to start this show talking about the San Francisco 49ers beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because this was a statement win. This was the primetime game at 4.30. I was watching it. I would say from start to finish, but the broadcast team, because the 49ers were up 35 to nothing, they moved over to the Carolina-Seattle game. I am not a fan of if a game is not competitive that they just decide to go to the other game. So I had to go on the Red Zone channel, and you have to understand, it's Kyle Shanahan going up against Tom Brady. No lead is safe. So, as a joke, I was tweeting that Kyle Shanahan has a 35-0 lead on Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm going to stick around and watch this because I still don't trust Kyle Shanahan with a lead. And then I got some criticism from some people. They're like, You're crazy. Stop. That's just, look, I do what I do. It's called a hot sports take. I have a sports radio show on the air where I have hot sports takes. Yeah, it's a silly hot sports take, but Kyle Shanahan blew a 28 to 3 lead in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. You don't think that's in the back of his mind when his team is up 35 to nothing? First of all, like Purdy. The 49ers found their next quarterback. This is not a bold hot sports take. I seriously believe that Brock Purdy will be the starter in 2023. Do you see some of the throws he made? There's a reason why I picked him up on my fantasy team. Anytime you have the skill of throwing accurate and moving around in the pocket, which that's something that Jimmy Garoppolo does not do, you can succeed in a Kyle Shanahan offense with weapons. First of all, I hope that Debo Samuel recovers. The latest word, it might be a high ankle sprain, which means he could be out for about a month, which means that Debo Samuel will be back for the playoffs. I look at the rest of the 49ers' schedule, they don't need him in the regular season. They'll need him in the playoffs, especially if they have to take on a Philly team on the road. But I think the 49ers can try to get that number 2 seed. Because the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Detroit Lions. The 49ers are 9-4 after a 35-7 win over the Buccaneers. And with the Seahawks losing to the Panthers, 49ers have a two-game lead on the Seattle Seahawks with a chance to win the NFC West if they beat the Seahawks up at Quest Field on Thursday night. And I will preview that game because I'm a 49ers fan. Anytime they play the Seattle Seahawks, it is a huge rivalry. And uh, I think I'd need to get like a Seahawks fan on, and we can talk about that game because there's just a lot of history with the 49ers and the Seahawks. The Richard Sherman tip pass, the Dre Greenlaw goal line stance, It's just incredible. Looking at some of the other scores in the National Football League. All right, well, the Buffalo Bills. You know the Jets are going to play tough. Quinn Williams had two sacks, but he went out early in the game. The Bills are just holding on to that number 1 seed. I think that it's going to be a collision course between the Chiefs and the Bills once again in the playoffs, this time in the AFC Championship. And regardless if it's in Arrowhead or if it's in Buffalo, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl. But the Kansas City Chiefs are playing out of their minds. Did you see some of the throws that Patrick Mahomes made? That no look, shovel pass to Jarek McKinnon. The Chiefs were up 27 to nothing, but Denver fought back. You know, they're playing a mile high. They have not beaten the Chiefs since Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Russell Wilson leaves the game with a concussion. But the Kansas City Chiefs. Trying to get that number one seed. They have been in the AFC Championship for like five years in a row. I mean, this is the next dynasty for this decade, but it is going to be tough because if Buffalo gets the number one seed, I just don't know if the Chiefs travel well. I mean, they had a home playoff game in the AFC Championship last year. That was because the Titans lost to the Bengals and they had the number one seed. What is going on with the Titans? Seriously. Three games in a row, they lose to Jacksonville at home. That never happens. Even though the Tennessee Titans are 7-6, and six, and they have the best record in the AFC South, you look behind them. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not mathematically eliminated yet. They could win out and still win this division. Tennessee still has got some tough games. They have to play the Chargers. They have to play the Cowboys. By default, the Titans could get into the playoffs, but they have been a mess the last couple of weeks. Firing their general manager, Ryan Tannehill's not getting the job done at quarterback, and Derrick Henry is rushing for 50 yards. I mean, he was the majority of their offense. How can you justify Derrick Henry not getting 30 carries and rushing for over 200 yards? Teams are finding a way to stop Derrick Henry, and they know that Ryan Tannehill is limited. I think the Titans will entertain the idea of searching for a quarterback in 2023. My suggestion, they go after Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that the 49ers are going to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. They are going to trade him because I am so optimistic. I think that Brock Purdy is their guy. Say what you want, but I think that that is going to be the case. Hey, you know who's the hottest team in all of football, it's the Detroit Lions. After starting 1-6, and six, and I want to remind you, no NFL team that has started 1-6 has made the playoffs. The Detroit Lions are only a game out of the playoffs. Jared Goff looks very proficient, and they got some of their weapons back. Jameson Williams with a touchdown, DeAndre Swift, they've got a pretty good team. And you know what? In the beginning of the season, I said that Dan Campbell was going to be the first coach on the hot seat. Not anymore. They play tough for him. He is actually not a bad coach. And the Detroit Lions were able to get the victory over the Minnesota Vikings 34-23. The Vikings, right now holding on to the number 2 seed, fall to 10-3. The Dallas Cowboys got a scare against the Houston Texans. They were a heavy favorite. But they got a late touchdown by Ezekiel Elliott to win 27-23. They are now 10-3 trying to keep pace with the Philadelphia Eagles who continue to win and I thought this was going to be a slip up because they're playing a divisional opponent on the road but they had no problem against the Giants 48 to 22 Eagles are 12 and 1 and I think they're going to get the number 1 seed and depending on who they play in the playoffs I believe right now the Eagles are the clear-cut favorites to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl you got the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley coming into the game. They beat the Steelers. They try to hold serve with a nine and four record. They would be the number three seed, and they're fighting for the vision with the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, who never beats the Cleveland Browns, got a big win over the Browns, twenty three to ten, to stay tied atop of the AFC North, and you know the Bengals. They're starting to roll after starting the year 0-2. The Bengals look like a team that could make some noise in the playoffs. And then the Sunday night game, the Chargers trying to hold on to that final wild card spot. They beat the Miami Dolphins 23-17, to and that's the Dolphins' second straight loss. And some of the other scores, you know, you got uh, the Monday night game, The Cardinals taking on the New England Patriots, who are also fighting for their playoff lives. So here is the latest playoff race in the National Football League, starting with the AFC. Right now, the Buffalo Bills have the number 1 seed. And Buffalo will take on the Miami Dolphins this Saturday night. You know, with college football regular season already winding down, I love the fact that the NFL gives you Saturday games. So we do have a triple header of NFL games, and Buffalo is one of those games. Right now, the number two seed would be the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the number three seed is the Baltimore Ravens, but you have the Cincinnati Bengals also tied at nine and four. And these two teams play each other at the end of the regular season. And That game could determine the division. All right, the number four seed is the Tennessee Titans, but looking at their schedule, I think that the Titans are going to have a couple more losses. And they're going to win this division by default, and they're going to be able to host a playoff game, which they would be a heavy underdog if they had to play the Bengals. The Titans play the Chargers next Sunday, and then after that, they take on the Texans. I think that that's a win. They take on Jacksonville one more time that could be for the division because I don't see them beating the Cowboys the Jaguars are five and eight now the Jaguars play the Cowboys they play the Jets and they play the Texans and then they play the Titans we could look at a situation because the Jaguars would have the tiebreaker if they beat Tennessee again so let's say that the Titans lose out and the Jaguars all they have to do is win three of their last four, and they would win the division. Who would have thought that Trevor Lawrence would lead the Jaguars to the playoffs? I know it's not a foregone conclusion that the Titans are going to win this division. Your three wild card teams right now, the Bengals would be the number five seed. And then after that, it gets a little interesting. The number six seed right now is the Miami Dolphins, followed by the Los Angeles Chargers, who. Didn't make the playoffs last year on the final game of the season. They have a chance to make the playoffs this year. They're 7-6 and six, along with the New York Jets. They have the tiebreaker over the Jets. So basically what happens between the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals tonight, if the Patriots win, we would have a three-way tie for that seventh seed. So it's anybody's matchup. You could say that, Jacksonville, the Raiders, and the Browns and the Steelers are still alive for the playoffs, but they would need some help, and they would have to win out. Now, over in the AFC, it's been the Philadelphia Eagles all season. 12-1, they have the number 1 seed. The last time they had a number 1 overall seed, they went to the Super Bowl, but that was the year Carson Wentz was having an MVP season, and Nick Foles took over and led the Eagles to the Super Bowl win over the Patriots. Can the Eagles, who have a very well-balanced team with the run game with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, who is a front-runner for the MVP this year, and they have weapons. Dallas Goddard came back. They have a very underrated defense. Can the Eagles go to the Super Bowl? Right now, they would be the number 1 seed. Followed by the Minnesota Vikings with a 10-3 record. And the Vikings... Got a pretty easy schedule. They could probably get locked into that number two seed, taking on the Colts on Saturday. That's one of the triple header games on Saturday. Then taking on the Giants, who are in the mix for the playoffs, and then the Packers. That game is always tricky because it's in Lambeau, and then taking on the Bears. I know that the 49ers are hoping that the Vikings slip up because the Niners have a better conference record. And if the Niners win out, they're going to be the number two seed. And the Niners would love to be guaranteed two home playoff games before they would have to, best-case scenario, travel to Philly for the NFC Championship. But who knows? It's still early. You could have some upsets. Right now the 49ers have a two-game lead over the Seattle Seahawks. They would be the number 3 seed, which means they would host a playoff game. And I strongly feel that Brock Purdy can win a playoff game as long as the 49ers continue with their success of running the football and playing stout defense they have the best defense in football now the buccaneers 6 and 7 they are leading the nfc south but the carolina panthers and the atlanta falcons are still right behind them at 5 and 8 now right now the dallas cowboys would be the number 5 seed and if they cannot catch the Eagles, the Cowboys would be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. And more than likely taking on the division winner in the NFC South. It's looking like it would be the Buccaneers for the time being. And then you have the number six seed and the number seven seed, the Washington Commanders, seven, five, and one. And then the New York Giants, seven, five, and one. On the outskirts looking in, the Seattle Seahawks, they fall out of the playoff race right now with a 7-6 and record. And then you have the Detroit Lions, one game back in the playoffs. And then the Green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, all still alive for the playoffs. And the Cardinals are still alive for the playoffs if they can beat the Patriots tonight. So this Saturday we did have one college football game. In the FBS, like we always do the second week in December, it's the Army-Navy game. And being a member of the Army, I'm a fan of watching the Army-Navy game. It was the first Army-Navy game that went to overtime. It actually went to double overtime. Army kicked a field goal to beat Navy 20-17. to Army finishes the year 6-6. and However, they are not going to a bowl game. I had to look this up. Because they defeated two FCS schools, they are not bowl eligible. And Navy just fired their coach. So Army-Navy, it's always been a great tradition. And I'm just curious how competitive Army and Navy are going to be against all these FBS schools with NIL and the transfer portal. But one thing about these service academies, they play disciplined football. And really the real winners are us because these are the type of players that a lot of them will go on and commission and possibly deploy and I'm thankful for these just credible student athletes that are you know going through this rigorous training that's actually a lot tougher than their football practices and uh, they're going to be future leaders in the military and I really enjoy watching this game. It's just a tradition that I was able to take advantage of when I was deployed. And I know that I hear all the time that people that only follow Army and Navy are you know, people that went to West Point or people that went to the Naval Academy. But I mean that's not true. Being a sports fan and being a member of the military, I love Army Navy, and it was history made. First overtime game in the Army Navy game, and and Army has won four out of the last five. I remember when Navy won fourteen straight, and it was complete dominance, and uh, Army has flipped the script. FCS playoffs over the weekend. North Dakota State beat at Sanford 27 9. You have Montana State beating William and Mary 55 7. South Dakota State beats Holy Cross 42 21. And then Incarnate Word upset the undefeated Sacramento State Hornets 66 63. And it was the highest scoring FCS game. And what an incredible season by the Sacramento State Hornets. Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor has been named the new head football coach for Stanford. And I love to see these FCS school coaches get a shot at the FBS level. And he should do well because of what he did at Sacramento State. And on a serious note, just thoughts and prayers go out to Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach. He was hospitalized yesterday. And I'll give you updates. It really just is shocking in in the college football world, especially with Mississippi State trying to prepare for their bowl game coming up, and hopefully he can make a speedy recovery. All right, I watched a little bit of NBA over the weekend. You know, I actually love these showcase games on Saturday night, we're going to start seeing some big primetime NBA games. It was the rematch of the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors needed that win. They were able to beat the Celtics 123-107. to 107. And I just didn't know what was wrong with the Warriors this year. And I kind of figure they're going to figure this thing out because they are too talented not to. But the Warriors right now, 14-13. They're taking on the Bucks on Tuesday. And the Atlanta Hawks getting a win over the Chicago Bulls yesterday, 123-122 to 122 in overtime. Have yourself a day, AJ Griffin. The rookie hit the game winner in overtime. The Atlanta Hawks are fourteen and thirteen, and they got to travel up to Memphis to take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. This game will be on NBA TV. And the Memphis Grizzlies seventeen and nine. They look amazing. It's not just John Morant; it's the depth. They have, as well, Jaron Jackson, Zaire Williams, Stephen Adams. They have such a great nucleus of role players around John Morant. He is their superstar, but they have a lot of great role players. And the Memphis Grizzlies look like one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Only a game behind the New Orleans Pelicans. College basketball over the weekend, we had some major upsets, starting with the University of Alabama. Yes, they are a basketball school now. They upset the number one team in the nation, the Houston Cougars, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I can't believe I'm saying this. Roll Tide for Alabama basketball. They are 8-1 and one on the season. They are a top 10 team, and I know that they're going to jump up in the rankings as well. They're taking on the Memphis Tigers at Coleman Coliseum. Oh, I'm excited about this game because I have been there back in 2005 for a Memphis-Alabama game. It was the opening round of the NIT, and hopefully Alabama will have more fans in the arena than they did that night. To be fair, it was the week of the Iron Bowl. And I know the knock on Alabama basketball is that Alabama doesn't really care about basketball because they are really interested in football, But that's not true, because Alabama basketball, trying to compete with Auburn basketball, after Auburn making it to the Final Four in 2019, Alabama has put a lot of stock in their program, and Nate Oates has done an incredible job for the Crimson Tide basketball team. Speaking of Auburn, the Auburn Tigers ranked 11th. They pick up their first loss of the season. They were upset by the Memphis Tigers, 82-73. At State Farm Arena in Atlanta for the Holiday Giving, And the Auburn Tigers will take on Georgia State this Wednesday. Some of the other top 25 college basketball. Tennessee, they defeat Maryland in a battle of two ranked teams. 56-53 in the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. And Georgia Tech fell to North Carolina 75-59. Georgia Tech is now 6-4 on the season. Going to take on Alabama State this Saturday. And uh, Georgia had the weekend off. They are getting ready to take on Notre Dame next week. Both teams are 7-3. and three. How about those Kennesaw State Owls? I don't talk much about Kennesaw State University because I don't live up there anymore. But when I was living in the Ackworth, Kennesaw area, I would go to Kennesaw State games, and I was a big fan. I have said on this show, I want to see Kennesaw State in the NCAA tournament one day. And why not? They're in a very easy conference in the Atlantic Sun. And I think that Kennesaw State, they are looking good so far. After getting wins over Mercer and Charleston Southern, they are taking on the ranked San Diego State team who are ranked 22nd in the latest AP poll. Right, let's talk a little bit about the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars. The Columbus State Cougars continue to win on the road. You know, they're not 6-2. They defeated Miles College 64-57. They were down in the first half, but they outscored Miles 34-22. to They complete the road victory. They've got a five-game win streak. And Nelson Haskins. 23 points in the victory. And Columbus State, their next game is going to be their first Peach Belt Conference matchup Monday, December the 12th at 7.30. And the Lady Cougars team will also play that same Augusta University team in Augusta. Tip-off will be at 5.30. The Lady Cougars fell to Tuskegee University on Friday night. 74-57, 74-57, to 57, and the Lady Cougars are 5-2 on the season. And a tough break with Alana Rawls leaving the game with an ankle sprain. Tuskegee was able to outscore Columbus State 36-29 in the second half. And so as we get ready for conference play for the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars, as always, you can catch these games on Cougar Radio with Scott Miller on the call And Nelson Haskin has been joining him for the Lady Cougars on the broadcast. And uh, he's got a future in broadcasting. That's amazing. I love hearing that. The Columbus River Dragons were able to split the road series with the Port Huron Prowlers over the weekend. As they defeated Port Huron 5-3 in that first game. And the coaching debut of river dragons player jay croup as he was filling in for boom boom burchard who had a graduation obligation and jay croup gets the victory for his first head coaching victory win and port huron was able to win on saturday seven to three so right now the columbus river dragons are 14 2 and 1 with 42 points they have the best record in the federal prospects hockey league and they have a five point lead over the motor city rockers in the continental division over the empire division it's two team race between the danbury Hatricks with 41 points and the Beamonton black bears with 40 points but the most disappointing team so far in the federal prospects hockey league has definitely the watertown wolves who are 7, 10, and 0 with only 18 points. Your leading goal scorer for the Columbus River Dragons is still Alex Storjehan with 13 goals, followed by Jacob Kelly with 12. And looking at the leading points leader, well, Alex Storjehan with 27, Jacob Kelly with 25. You got Austin Doe with 21. He has got 16 assists. Cody Wickline with 20 points and Lane Keen with 18. So nice to see a mixture of veteran players and the newcomers contributing on this River Dragons team. And the Columbus River Dragons will take on the Elmira Mammoth for a two-game series this weekend starting at Friday. Puck drop at 7.30 at the Columbus Civic Center. And as always, you can catch that game on 99.1 FM, The Key, your home for Southern sports and the radio affiliate for your Columbus River Dragons with Tom Callahan on the call. So Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy over the weekend. Caleb Williams, the seventh USC player to win the Heisman Trophy and third quarterback that has been head coached by Lincoln Riley to win the Heisman Trophy. Something about Lincoln Riley and quarterbacks. And they were both together in Oklahoma last year. And I believe this is the first Heisman Trophy winner that entered the transfer portal that succeeded with his new team. Now, USC has still got a lot of work to do. They don't have a defense. And I agreed with it because he had such a great season, but he just didn't perform at his highest level in the Pac-12 championship. And the other players that finished behind Caleb Williams in the Heisman voting You had Max Dugan from TCU that finished second. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud finished third. And Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, the first Georgia player since Garrison Hurst in 1992 to be invited to New York, finished fourth in the Heisman. And I agree with that. I know I was pulling for Stetson to win the Heisman. But when you have an incredible defense and when you have weapons all around you, Stetson Bennett is just the perfect quarterback to not really put up Heisman numbers Offensively, he wasn't the best quarterback, but I think that he was the best quarterback in the situation that's getting ready to win his second straight national championship. He's already got an SEC championship. I was proud of the work that Stetson Bennett did, and uh, Georgia getting ready to take on Ohio State in the Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve. Just want to remind everybody that listens to this show That as we get ready for the holiday season, you know, a lot of these shows decide to take a break from the holiday season. You know, these radio shows will have fill-ins and everything. Well, as we get closer to Christmas and New Year's, I might take a break here and there and give you some best of shows. But we have so many sports to talk about, including bowl games that are coming up this Friday. So, this week is going to be a jam-packed week as we got World Cup semifinals. The final is on Sunday. This is just a perfect time if you're a sports fan to just sit back and watch sporting events. And me being an NBA fan and a college basketball fan, we have got some jam-packed basketball matchups as well, including big-time top 25 matchups coming up including Tennessee and Arizona. My goodness, that is such an incredible top 10 matchup between two powerhouses in college basketball. Houston and Virginia, oh wow, UCLA, Kentucky. Oh yeah, it is on. Indiana and Kansas, Alabama and Gonzaga, which the Crimson Tide beat Gonzaga last year. Uh, Gonzaga is 7-3. and three. I, th- I think they are uh, underachieving. I mean, that is just an unheard of record by the Gonzaga Bulldogs who've been excellent for the past 20 years. But most importantly, I hope that everybody has a safe holiday season. I thank everybody who has listened to the show, who has supported this podcast, which I'm coming up on three years. In January of 2023, it will be three years since I produced my first episode of the sports beat and I just went along with it it will be about a year that I've been here on this radio station up in Noonan WQEE I'm just so blessed just to be part of an incredible sports lineup followed after Rod Peterson and then right before Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks and I appreciate the station manager Ryan O'Neill. For just giving me this opportunity and allowing myself to be on his show. So you can listen to me on his show on Tuesdays and Fridays starting at 820. And I just really appreciate just all the support. Uh, It's been fun. And I'm looking forward to having my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank on the show tomorrow. As we will break down all the NFL games that we picked over the weekend. And we will also get ready for the live show at Ivy Park, which has been wildly popular. I love doing a live show at Ivy Park, which is one of the sponsors of this show. And it's just a unique perspective on soccer and interviewing some just incredible people, including sponsors, Rapids players, the Columbus Rapids general manager, Warren Fundervestazen, and the operations manager amelia salter just an incredible time just interviewing all of them and i just want to say thank you for supporting this podcast so stay tuned for tomorrow's episode don't forget that you can like and subscribe to my facebook page and i'm also on twitter my twitter handle is at sports richard h Also, you can download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus Sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.